This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to another episode of OPI Talk with me, Andy Braithwaite. And today I'm delighted to welcome back onto the onto the podcast Boris Ellisman, the CEO of ACO Brands. Good morning, Boris. Good to see you today. Good morning, Andy. Great to see you and uh, everybody in your audience. Thank you very much. Now, I think this is the, the fourth time you've been on, on the OPI Talk podcast. I'm sort of getting to the stage where I can almost call you a regular guest now so but we, we do appreciate hopefully you. that's a good thing <laughs> it certainly is and we do we do appreciate you doing this so yeah thanks thanks for taking your your precious time to to speak to to the opi listeners we we, we appreciate that so now we, we, we're talking it's literally an hour and a half after your your earnings conference call and, and the day that you've released your second quarter earnings and it seems that things have gotten a lot tougher since we last spoke in February and even since your your Q1 earnings in April. Yeah, I think I think uh, things are getting more challenging. There's a couple of you know more challenging spots. Certainly, uh, the gaming market is more challenging mm-hmm. than it was uh, earlier, and than our expectations were for the gaming market in 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 Q2. Um, you know, and then I think uh, certainly. Your geography, uh, the uh, Europe, is more challenging in yeah. Q2 than yeah. was in uh, yeah. Q1 for, for you know obvious reasons that yeah. I think my listeners will know. Okay, good. We'll, we'll come back to that shortly. You, you called out the gaming category, and obviously that's been that's been hit. I think by uh, yeah, a couple, couple of things, probably very tough comps from from last year, where that that market did really really well uh, as people were gaming when they were during COVID. So there's been some kind of normalisation, I, I guess you could call that of, of that. That market plus it's being hit by the by the chip shortages and supply chain challenges. But I I, th- I think I think you called this out on the call that certainly certainly in the, I think the U.S. market that excluding gaming comparable sales are up by nine percent. Is was that did I hear that correctly? Yes, that is that 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 is correct. Excluding gaming sales were up nine uh, percent. Uh, so it's really the gaming market mm. that you know took the uh, uh, took the sales down. Yes. Okay. You, you're pretty happy with nine percent top line growth in 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 the U.S. I'm I'm ecstatic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, in a normal in a normal uh, year, we'd take nine uh, percent any day. Um, yeah, yeah but, you know, I think not just not just uh, in the quarter, but if I look at our guidance, our expectations for a full year comparable sales growth of four to six percent, I think that's that's terrific in uh, in any industry and especially in our industry. So I'm, mm. I'm really happy with that. Okay. Um, you know, obviously foreign exchanges takes away from that from a reported standpoint, but you know, we, we can't control that. Yeah. So uh, we'll look at comparable sales. Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy with the sales growth. Yes. Okay. I've been covering a few, few quarterly results for the, the, the past, the past few weeks and you know, pricing is something which is, impacting the top line. So w- when you look at that 9% growth in, in the US in, in the second quarter, how much of that was down to to pricing? Yeah, if, if I look mm. at sales without uh, Power A, mm. uh, US grew both uh, price and volume. Okay. So, mm. uh, but bo- both are up. We are expecting a good, a good back to school in the US. Mm. Um, so that's driving driving volume, and we're expecting a decent a decent um, commercial performance as people come back to work and, mm. and 
numbers. Uh, so that's that's good as well. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm pleased with, you know, I, actually I'll, I'll make it a broader statement. I'm pleased with global sales. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that uh, given the conditions, having flat comparable sales in EMEA, I think is outstanding. Our comparable sales in international were up 20% as that uh, region is recovering mm. uh, from COVID and, mm. you know, with being a you know, very strong uptick in demand, especially in Brazil and Mexico, which were very yeah. much hurt last year. Yeah, sure. And then in the U.S., you know, it was 4% growth, uh, uh, including Power A, 9% growth, excluding Power A. Mm. So that's, I think those are all outstanding results. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. You, you mentioned back to school. That seems to be leading the way. In the U.S., all, all set for a for a good back to school season by the looks of it. Yeah, I, you know, I think we're we're set for back to school, good back to school seasons. Uh, retailers were earlier this year in mm. ordering inventory because of all these supply chain issues. Uh, they wanted to make sure that uh, they are in good supply come the season. So they're holding a bit more invent- inventory than they normally would. I don't think it's more. I think it's just earlier. They wanted to have it earlier. Uh, in their warehouses, given the uncertainty of, of supply and uncertainty of the timing. Mm. You know, from, from, from our perspective, last year, they didn't order as much inventory because they had extra inventory for 2020. Yeah. So this year, uh, our sales to them are up significantly uh, because the channel was clean. So that, you know, that's one of the reasons why the first half of the year was so strong in, uh, in North America. Okay. I guess we're coming into that replenishment period. I think, I think you said on the call you know, in the next couple of weeks or so. How, how any visibility on that? I don't have any visibility yet, but my, my expectation is they'll be more conservative just given the macro challenges and given the public comments out of Target and Walmart specifically. Mm. Um, I think all uh, retailers will be more conservative in replenishing inventory because of their inventory position, not necessarily on our products, but on other products, mm. and also their expectation for difficult macro, um, I think they'll, they'll okay. be concerned yeah. stock. Okay. Yeah. I, I saw some numbers from NPD that said e-commerce sales in the first three weeks of the, the back-to-school season in the U.S. had grown by 35% versus last year. Is that something you are seeing in your, kind of your channel sales in back-to-school? Yes, we're, we're, we're tracking... We're tracking e-commerce is doing better than retail, um, but retail is doing okay, you mm. know, as well. Brick and mortar retail is doing okay as well, not as well as e-commerce. Okay, how how are the big box office supplies chains doing? Some better than others. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll let your audience <laughs> guess which <All> right. ones. <laughs> Okay, so st- just staying in the U.S. for for a minute, you you said that uh, I think co- commercial sales are up seven percent. Commercial- that's a global number. Yeah, that's a global Sorry, number. That's that's seven. a that's a global number. So commercial sales up seven percent year yep. on year. Yeah. Versus Q two last year, that's I guess quite an encouraging number as well. Although, uh, yeah, I think know, so. I imagine price price pricing there as well. I mean, how, I mean, how are volumes doing when you look at the market? Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's it's market dependent. Um, in US or you know North America, X Power A, both price and volumes are up. In international, both price and volumes are up. Uh, in EMEA, price is up, volumes are down. Um, you know, okay. kind of offsetting mm. each other. Yeah. 
Do you think that office occupancy levels are, are kind of normalizing or, or stabilizing now, or that there's some way to go before we we, we get to that you know, level where where it all, it all settles down and there's a and there's a certain ratio of people working from home and, and back to the office? Where, where do you think we are in that in that process? I still, we, I, I think we're still moving through the process. I don't think we're at capacity yet. I, I, I think that people are still trickling into, uh, into offices. And, you know, it's not a even and smooth process. You have, you know, variability in those numbers. You know, we're, we're during, we're in the middle of summer right now in the Northern mm-hmm. Hemisphere. So, you know, obviously people take vacations and this year specifically, more people take vacations because they haven't been traveling for the last two years. Mm. It is the case in the U.S. Uh, and in Europe. You have a lot of uh, uh, people right now out of office. Yeah. Um, but you know that will come back. There's still strong reasons for people to be in the office, uh, and I think as as the economy slows down and as uh, the employee lose a little bit of the bargaining power and the employer. Yeah company gained a little bit of the marketing power. Yeah. Uh, the reasons for people to be back in the office will kind of increase and, 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 and went out. So I still think we're, we're moving through that process. I do believe that we're going to settle on a hybrid yeah. working arrangements. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're, we're at least in the foreseeable future going back to everybody being in the office five days a week. Uh, but I also don't believe that you know, majority of us are going to be working mm. remotely either. So yeah. um, we're going to be in this hybrid situation, yeah. which is still an upside for, you know, office supplies businesses uh, yeah. like, like ourselves to, to, to supply more to those offices. Sure. I guess another upside is that if people need perhaps two, two sets of, of supplies if they're working from home uh, and working in the exactly. office. Yeah. So do, do you see that in, in some, your numbers for, for certain categories? Well, you know, I certainly infer, I mean, I don't, be, you know, I don't think that there's a natural 7% growth in commercial office supplies, right? So something has to be driving that. Yeah. Uh, so partially it's people returning back to the offices, but partially they, they are, you know, equipping two offices uh, with supplies, mm-hmm. you know, and some of that may be purchased at retail, but I think a lot of that is, being taken from the offices for the home for the home office. So when you know okay. two, two three days a week when they're in the office, they you know take the supplies for their home offices as well. So that yeah. that is a, is a good thing yeah. for for yeah. which which is what people were doing even before they started working from home. <laughs> yeah, well, now in, in a way, yeah. good reason for it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I was just I was, so I was going to ask you whether whether you noticed then. And you've partly answered that by saying that people people just pick up supplies when they're in the office, or whether they you're seeing a shift in in in, in channels or, or or where they purchase their supplies from. Maybe they're going online to buy it, or maybe they're going to their local store to buy it. But that's not necessarily the case, judging by what you just said. Yeah, you know, it, it's difficult to delineate that from from the numbers uh, this year. I mean, in in general, you know, other than the the back to school phenomenon where we're seeing um, stronger growth in e-tail than in brick and mortar. You know, if I look at over the last year, brick and mortar has been growing faster than, than e-tail because, you know, e-tail took so much share in 2020 and the early part of 21, 
there's a natural rebound right now. Mm. People want to get out and uh, go about their business outside. Um, but it's, it's difficult for us to go a level lower than that and, and say how much of that is for mm. uh, back to school versus office. That's not, a, uh, that's not an insight we have at this point. Okay. All right. You mentioned EMEA was a was a it was a tough tough quarter for that for that region. Obviously, you've got high inflation, energy prices have you know, shot through the roof. There's the war in Ukraine. Uh, maybe customer consumer sentiment isn't isn't very very optimistic. So you've got all those things coming in into play, which I guess have hit uh, have hit the market there. Is it, when you look at the results across across the region, particularly in Europe, in the in the main markets, there are are, the, are things fairly consistent across the different markets, or do you notice any any particular variations? No, I think I think they're fairly consistent. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of you know thinking the you know the central region, which is um, Germany and Austria and Switzerland, uh, obviously German dependency on Russian natural gas is certainly impacting. Yeah. Uh, inflation in that market and consumer sentiment uh, in that market. So mm. that was that was muted. Uh, you know, Eastern Europe was the closest to uh, Ukraine as being affected most by refugees and 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 just the you know the press around that. So that's affected. UK has their own challenges, as as you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's being affected. Uh, you know, so I guess you know our our southern region, which is Spain, Italy. Turkey, Greece, that that's that's done better than the, than the other than the other three because they they are the furthest away from uh, the issues. Although uh, I think the uh, you know the energy cost challenges affect all of Europe, you know, yeah. pretty much regardless of where you are. Yeah. So that's impacting the uh, you know both inflation and consumer sentiment across the board. Yeah. In terms of the impact on your business of those energy price rises, is it transportation costs or, or or other things as well? It's other things as well. It's you know transportation is one, but also you know all of the locally sourced products, raw materials, and supplies that we use to make our products in Europe, and we manufacture fifty percent of our products for European consumption in Europe. Mm. All of those raw materials and supplies are up substantially because all of those suppliers have to deal with these high uh, energy costs that they're putting into their prices uh, to 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 their uh, to their customers. So uh, it's not just transportation that we're seeing in inbound and outbound freight. It's also all of the raw materials yeah. that are affecting inflation in Europe. Okay, and and how are you looking at that for the rest of the year? Uh, we think it's going to come down. We, you know, it's still going to be high, but we think Q2 was likely the peak uh, of that. We saw an acceleration of inflation from Q1 to Q2, um, but uh, we think it has peaked. And uh, mm. while staying high, we think it's uh, it's going to be from a compare standpoint start coming down. Okay. Yeah, I understand. You you implemented a price increase on the first of July. Was that Yes. Was that across the board or across the board in Europe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is that going to, how are you you're obviously playing catch up between you know, the, the, the cost input increases and, and selling, selling prices? Was that going to help you level, level things out at least? 
we hope it will get us closer. If not, you know, it, a lot's going to depend on what happens to costs mm. and if our assumptions on costs um, are correct. Um, you know, if the costs are flattening out and, 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 and decreasing in the second half of the year, then it should be enough, mm. uh, you know, for the time being. Uh, if not, obviously, uh, it won't be and we'll have to do other things. Yeah, yeah. How are how, how the conversations with your, your reseller partners going obviously they're they're well aware of the the situation they're aware um you know they're seeing the same inflationary pressures them mm. uh, you know they, a lot of them purchase their own raw materials their own finished goods and they see all of the cost increases that we're seeing but they're still very difficult conversations right i mean uh, I, I haven't met a uh, a reseller yet uh, that is happy about taking cost increases uh, mm. regardless of how rational and appropriate they are so they're, they're always very difficult conversations yeah yeah uh, i'm not sure how that works in, on a contractual level whether you have to give three months or six months notice for for price increases or that depends on on the customer yeah we do we do have to give a notice and it's three to six months to your point and depends on the customer and it really depends on their business model you know how mm. much of that is catalog driven versus uh, e-tail or retail driven, which is, you know, much shorter notification periods yeah. and catalog catalog notification periods are longer because they just mm. can't, they can't change their pricing as frequently. Yeah. Any sense that as prices go up, that consumers are either holding back spending on certain categories or, or trading down to, from branded products to, to private label, for example? You know, I think all of that is happening. I think uh, um, consumers, especially you know, the lower affordability tier of uh, consumers are certainly being imp impacted by costs of food and energy, uh, especially, so they have to make some trade-offs. You know, for us, we already play in the upper tier of consumers because, you know, we sell branded products. Uh, our products are, you know, typically premium priced. Mm. So uh, we're seeing some effect on us on the margin, but it's not a you know, huge effect because mm. we'll pay uh, kind of outside of that um, purchasing criteria for for that type of a yeah. consumer. Yeah. Okay. Now your your international division had a had a good quarter. It's good to see that that getting back on track. I guess that, that's a point that you made. I think in the in the, in the results that you've got these different geographies and uh, different channels, and when one's not going as well, it's another one often is, and that was the case. With international, I think you said uh, you know, Mexico and Brazil had very, very good quarters. But I guess uh, from a from a kind of lower basis from from last year, so the the comps were I guess easier than than, than some of the other markets. Yeah, you know, that's true. I mean, but you know, if you look at a year ago, we had a phenomenal year in Europe. It was it grew at fifteen percent comparably. Uh, but our international business was hurting and it was down yeah. uh, 3% comparably. Mm. You know, this year, Europe's flat, international is up uh, 20%. So it's mm. nice to have a, you know, diverse, balanced and complementary business as we do. Mm. So we're able to offset some of these challenges in one geography with, uh, with growth and mm. others. You know, yeah. international, uh, especially Mexico and Brazil have, you know, had a difficult uh, 21, especially because of the seasonality of our business, that's kind of when we felt uh, the COVID uh, recession mm. in those particular countries. Uh, but this year, 
kids are in school, businesses are in the offices, uh, and that's driving uh, demand. Uh, so the business is recovering nicely. Um, you know, the the overall region was up 20% in comparable sales in Q2. Uh, but if you look at specifically at Brazil uh, and Mexico, they were up significantly higher than that. Mm. Um, and, you know, our expectation is that those uh, those particular countries will continue to do well. Okay. How did you do in Australia? We have quite a lot of listeners in Australia. So any, any commentary you can give on on that market, I think would be of interest to them. Australia has a, is it is having a challenging 2022 just in general. You know, COVID cases are at historic highs there. It's you know when I when I talk to our people here in the U.S., I tell them that you know 2022 is Australia's 2020 for mm. U.S. and Europe. So things that happened um, here in 2020 is what's happening in Australia in 2022. Uh, a lot of people are working from home. Government's encouraging everybody to work from home. Uh, the hospitals are uh, near capacity or at capacity. So you know it's 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 a it's a it's a challenging situation uh, that that's that's affecting business there. And you know we certainly see it in our numbers. And uh, you know hopefully hopefully they'll uh, get ahead of it uh, in, uh, in the second half. Uh, second half is typically stronger for us uh, in Australia than the first half, but. Mm. Uh, but so far, it's been a it's been a difficult year. Yeah. Okay. Last question, which is one I always ask is about M and A. But it, it, it sounded like on the call that you were prioritizing other other things, other uses of cash for the rest of the year, the dividend and paying down debt. So it doesn't sound like acquisitions are, are top of the top of the agenda at the moment. Did I read that correctly? You read that correctly. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, going into the Second half of the year, with the expectations of slower economy, rising interest rates, um, you know, we think right now the right approach for us is to uh, pay down debt and drive organic growth. We'll continue to look for opportunities, uh, but just chances of something happening in uh, 2022 are low. But you know, as we enter 2023, uh, we'll be in a better financial position with a lower debt burden as well as hopefully there'll be some clarity on the economic front yeah. and things will will begin to improve. Yeah. Okay. Well, best best of luck and uh, look forward to catching up maybe uh, in, in a few months' time for another another chat. Thanks, Andy. And uh, thank you to all of your audience. I, I, I appreciate all of their support of ACA Brands. Thanks, Bryce. If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk.